ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Now everyone, I've liked Lizanne from the first time we met. That was about eight years ago. She always seems extremely calm, collected and connected. Even once she had her children, I still had the feeling that she is totally on top of everything. I wanted to hear her secret and asked her to be a Meet Me in the Field guest. Luzon is also studying to become a doula. For those as ignorant as I am and never knew that something like that exists, here is the Wikipedia definition of a doula. A woman who gives support, help and advice to another woman during pregnancy and during and after the birth. This sounds awfully exciting and I wanted to know more about this as well. This podcast is supported by the first layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Sit back and enjoy Luzon's journey. Good afternoon, Luzon. How are you doing? Good. You're looking well. I love the dress you're wearing. It Thank is you. all fabulous. Is it short sleeve? Is it it is actually, It's actually a short sleeve dress. I think it can be a summer's dress. Oh, cool. I like it too much to wait for summer. <laughs> summer's never coming back. Are you an instant gratification type of girl? I actually, I think I am, yes. Is it? Yes, yes, yes. I don't think of you as that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why as well. <laughs> Welcome to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for for chatting with us. It's much appreciated. As I said, I had quite an interesting experience getting here. It was so weird. I almost Um, really met you in a field. (laughs) My GPS took me, for the listeners, my GPS took me on a a road that I thought was a very weird place to, to start. Anyway, and then suddenly it said to me, turn right, which I knew I had to turn right at some stage. And as I turned right, I said to myself, you know what they say, once a year go somewhere you've never been before. And as I said that to myself, my battery went flat. So I had no idea where I was. It's always very exciting <laughs> was, and scary at the same and it, time. It, it wasn't a good area. Yes. So I just kind of, okay, stay calm, just drive. And here I am. On time, I think, on as well. On time, very much. So that was not bad. On the dot. <laughs> Fabulous. Cool. So I'm very happy to be and very happy to have you in the non-traditional. Normally, people sit in the green seat in my office. So oh. you're in a brown seat. Luzon, we've known each other since when? We met in, must be wow. 2010, 2011, I'm somewhere around I'm very bad there. with time. I just know it was in Kirsty's flat. Yeah. Yes. So the flat that I shared with Kirsty, who is the yes. cat lady of the previous episodes. Driving here, I thought about it, that in this area, in a a question of two blocks in this area, I've done the cat lady, I've done the altruist, James. Oh, it's a hot spot. The photographer, Fiona. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's one of those energy lines must run through here. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) (laughs) The contour of Cape Town. And you were living in Mossel Bay at that stage. Um, I think no, we lived in George. George, Yes, we lived in George for seven years. My husband and myself, yes, at that stage. And you were working for Truth. Yes, I was a window dresser at that stage. No, 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 you were a visual display artist. I was was a window dresser going into the role of a window um, display designer. I kind of got promoted and started working at their head office in Cape Town. 
So okay. I was a window dresser in the garden root area. So I had to drive around to a few towns and you know, there's only one city in the garden root, which is George, which is weird because it doesn't feel like a city. <laughs> so I was very happy to move to Cape Town after <laughs> staying in George, which is, I think, more for people that like retiring and maybe <laughs> maybe now with children it might have been a good place to okay. raise children but i'm still very happy to do it here awesome yes we're very happy for you to do it here as well yes and you're originally from pretoria no i was born in weinberg my dad was in the, yes in two military hospital my dad was in the army so um we stayed in a few places um when i was three we moved to pretoria for two years then we Came back to Saldana for two years. Then we were in Goodwood for a few years. Then we moved to Pretoria when I was 12. Oh my and word. then I was in the rest of primary school, high school and university in Pretoria. Okay. Yes. So, yes. Okay. And Luzon, did you grow up with a sense of spirituality, religion? I like was uh, typically Afrikaans, put up in the Enghetkar. Oh, um, there you go, Yes, girlfriend. yes, no, I went through my, I found Jesus <laughs> when I was a teenager. Did a, you? Oh, yes, definitely found Jesus. Which was, school did you in Afrikaans were? Uh, no, 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 no. I was in the uh, school Aldo Rain in okay. Centurion, oh, yes. Oh, cool, yes. Yes, so I was like a youth leader and I, you know, I found Jesus. Oh, Very, wow. and I'm, I'm sounding sarcastic, but it was very real at that stage for me. It was a real experience. Um, but then in high school, I kind of realized that I did not, whatever this God was that they were talking about, it didn't feel like the God that I, that I knew. And I ended up like finishing school and never going back to church. Okay. I just did not. So was it just a feeling or was there an event that happened that kind of, this is bullshit type of thing? Um, there were a few things. I think a, a, a big part of, of my reasoning came from having quite diverse friends at that stage. I had some gay friends in high school. And ooh, ooh. Yeah, so, no. so yeah, so that was also like part of my thinking of, uh, you know, if, if gay people can't go to heaven and this is like one of the most amazing, beautiful people that I know, like how, how can this yeah. God that they're talking about, this is not the God that I believe in. So they had kind of, there was a lot of hypocrisy I found in the church. And yeah, at that stage, gay people were not allowed in the military, I suppose. I, I don't know. I, that yeah. was... I have to yeah, so but I'm sure you were quite a few. Just, <laughs> no, nobody must know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure that was a, would have been a very difficult okay. thing to be, yes. I, and then you went to university. Yes, I to went to university. Tukis. And yes, I went to Turkey. So I studied interior Tuk -tuk -tuk design. And, and then that was like really where my mind opened because I had amazing lecturers. I studied interior designing. Two of my lecturers were architects and they were very open-minded people. So that was the first time that my small Afrikaans Christian universe, but I was very interested in the, the other. Yeah. And that's where it all just opened up. And I just realized this whole thing about a man-made construct of God and religion and the way these rules are all just, yes, man-made. And oh. I just never, ever went back to looking for God there. I've recently been quite intrigued with the Roman Catholic Church, but it's I think it's because of the fact that I am very intrigued with Mary and I've read a few books about Mary and um, I think Mother it's... Mother of the, Jesus. Yes, yes, okay. the, not Magdalene. I've not read much <laughs> about, about her, but... Um, Maybe it's because I'm a mother now, but but yes, I've been reading a lot about her and I've been intrigued with her for a long time. What started that? I think since it's, you've been, I think since you it's became a mother. That well, it was before that, but now ever since more, 
um, I think part of my searching for who this God is that I believe in was the whole idea that it, it must be a man and all like the, the, how the feminine has been taken out of our mainstream God mm. as we know it today. So I've done a bit of like reading and research about the female, I mean the goddess used to be like the main thing yeah. for many years and then suddenly these things changed and with, but I mean it's, I've, I don't know if you know Karen Armstrong and I'm not good remembering things verbatim but she wrote this one book about how humans always reinvent God to be what they need it to be at that stage. Mm-hmm. So that I found quite interesting just in this whole thing. But I think the same for, for, for me, definitely, and maybe for other humans. Like, we we change God for who we think, whatever you want to call God. Like, as you grow up and as you... It's fluid, I think. And there's a poem that I always remember that I... I don't know if it was Anki Kroch or some other. It was, it was definitely female um, Afrikaans poet that, um, that wrote something about how she left God to find God. That's the kind of the gist okay. of it. And that's how it's felt to me. Like, like I think it's, um, I think it's very um, naive, but also arrogant to think that you know exactly who God is. To me, it should never stop. And it's like always unfolding. Well, if you think about whatever God is, that he, she, it is infinite. So to think that you know yeah. what it is makes you extremely arrogant to think you know what is infinity. Yes. In one of my chats here, I speak to a guy and I called him the 76 percenter. Because yeah. he says that, he read somewhere that ultimately there's, of the whole universe, we know something like about 24% of what exists. Okay. So the other 76% are things we don't know. Yes. And that's all still to be revealed and he lives his life in more will be revealed so so yes. living living all living search living yes. in open-mindedness because yes. as we do more will be revealed and i love that, that I, is I, I really really like like yes. that whole view yes i think so that is uh yeah you used the word earlier searched yeah so do i hear correctly that there is there is in you a need for something to call god um, I, I don't think there's a need, there's a knowing. There, to me, there's a so knowing. So it's an intellectual process, not an emotional or... There, for me, no, the knowing does not come from my, from my uh, mental knowing. There's a knowing in my soul. Okay. It's like a soul knowing. It's like that deep-rooted, like, just that feels it is. It just is. And it, I've moved beyond the point where it is important to know. Or it is important to find that right place or that church or that institution or going to the Sufi temple, which I was also obsessed with. And ever since having two children, I never get to the Sufi temple on that one Sunday or every <laughs> second Sunday a month. And I'll get there. I'll still get there. But I think I've realized that I'm not going to find God somewhere else. Okay. It's not going to, I'm not going to have to, I don't have to go to India or to South America or to a silent retreat because uh, like and, and life is busy I, I think especially um, with two 
Yes, and I feel. What, are they? What are they now? One's one a toddler. One's so one we call a toddler, the four-year-old. The other know, one is. I don't know what because she now also walks. So I I don't know. Like we were just saying, yeah. Quentin and myself. I don't know what they called after they. I don't know. But the one is one, and the one is. Four. Oh God! Somewhere in my developmental psychology books, I'll find You're it. You're supposed to know. Mm. I have no idea. So so I do f- often feel um, frustrated and a little bit like sorry for myself for not having more time to spend on this connecting with whatever yeah. that knowing is because I I I enjoyed that and it's, it's it's kind of like a door that you open and you can't close it again um, because there's glimpses of moments before you fall asleep and all of that and I know I can probably get up at five and meditate more and whatever but I'm completely <laughs> like I mean if your child wakes up three times a night like you I don't know like <laughs> So I just find this like this. I I'm learning about other things that I need to learn now. I am my ego is being tamed a lot. It's actually being chiseled down very nicely. <laughs> but children, there's nothing like children to do that for you. And also just showing you like the cuckest version of yourself. Like you think you've seen the worst, and then you just there's another layer of like just like whoa, I can also do that. And I just said that. I'm Are like, you serious? Yes. I think of you as this model mother. Shit. I really do. <laughs> we don't spend a lot of time together, obviously. <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. Because when you I, do, when so I do see you, you, oh you do seem like that. Um, oh my gosh. I know. What, I, what I see is that, that you seem to give your children a lot of freedom to be who they are, who they, who they, need, who they need to be. I try, yeah. I try, but yeah. I do find myself still like shouting, you know, don't get your pants wet and don't splash <laughs> in the water and why do I have to wipe you again? But you know that, yeah, you kind of chill on certain things. I think, oh, yeah. One of the best scenarios I'll ever, I'll never forget this was a few months ago, we, Yako and myself invited a few friends and we went to the Lawrenceford market. Yes. Because we have a small house, we can't mm. really entertain at home, so we, we do that type of thing. If the weather's good, we say, Let, let's yeah. meet a group friend. And one of one couple has this seven, eight-year-old boy. And at Dorinsford, there's this big fountain. Mm. And a lot of children play in and around the fountain. So the boy asked his father, can you go and play in the fountain? Mm. So his father said, yes, just don't get yourself too wet. The next <laughs> minute, wet. the Where child arrives, from? but he is soaked. He is drenched, drenched, drenched. And the father was so angry. And I looked at this and I thought, I suppose too wet was too vague in his yeah, <laughs> This is the thing with children. That was so funny. That was so funny. But he was absolutely sad. And he was so, so I happy, see that I'm that, sure. Yeah, he was, he was like a pig in shit. Yeah. So don't get your thoughts wet. It's a very, very clear definition of what, what you need to do. Now, you, you struggled to fall pregnant. I did with Felix, yes, I had endometriosis, which is not a very difficult um, condition to actually treat once. But it took them a while it. to figure out yeah, what it was. Yeah, we though. kind of, initially, when we got married, I was 23, which is very young to get married these days. Did you guys days. meet at varsity? Or? Um, I, I was a bar lady. We met at the bar, yes. Wow. Yes, Quentin is five years older than me. He was already working. Um, as a graphic designer at that stage and I was in my free time on weekends I earned some pocket money and I was a bar lady and that's where we met 
so yes i was 23 we we hit it off immediately like we it was one like that do you remember that movie before sunset it's one of those art movies when we were young it's on a boy about it's like french girl and what's his name not ethan Hawke, the other one in any case um they on a train they drive through the night like somewhere in europe on a train and they meet and they talk through the night and it's this like romantic thing blah 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 it was very similar to that okay. we immediately took off and like literally chatted all through the night and we were like whoa but <laughs> the next day i saw him and he said to me um he has to tell me something and i'm like i knew this was too good to be true and he said to me i actually have a girlfriend Oh no! So, yes, in any case, she was a medical student. They were together for I think seven years, and it wasn't going well. And um, blah blah blah, yakety schmack. And I said, well, luckily we only chatted the previous night. It did not go any further than that. But there was definitely a mutual yeah. feeling of interest, um, of more than just best friends. And blah blah. He said he. I said, well, okay, cool. Thanks for telling me now. Um, you go do whatever you need to do and come back when it's done. And he said, no, not definitely. But he can't uh, break up with her now because she's in the middle of a final oh my God. medical like doctor's exam. So I said, okay, cool. So eventually they broke up. Blah, blah, yeah, So yes, we. my dad said to me, just finish um, your studies because we were engaged a month after meeting. Oh my word. So my dad said there was one year of studies left. He said, please just finish your studies, then you get married. So yes, so then we were engaged for about a year and a half by the time that all elapsed. So I could not, we didn't want children initially. We were, yeah, I was young. I'm like, yeah. no. And then we said, no, there's not enough humans on the planet and all of that stuff. And then, I don't know, it's probably a biological genetic thing that that clock that they talk about. <laughs> and you kind of get this like need to reproduce and have little people. I don't know why that <laughs> must be. And hindsight is <laughs> but in any case yeah no i won't give them back um but then I, I i struggled for a few years and then eventually when i went to a proper like gynecologist and they just did some they, they well you actually came to cape town um i actually it was diagnosed in george already okay. um they have to do like a laparoscopy um they check out they just make a little hole in your abdomen so your belly button and put in a little camera and then they can see okay. because they can't really tell any other way um so then they did a some surgery um to remove some of the endometriosis growths and so then um the doctor said if i should fall pregnant actually within a window of three months there were some tablets i had to take to um, stimulate my ovaries blah blah yeah but then that was just before we moved to cape town and i didn't feel up to the move and trying to fall pregnant and a new job so i said let's just wait for the baby so a year later we went to the fertility clinic at uh, vincent pilotti and um the doctor there who's a specialist he looked and he said you know no problem you're gonna have to go for another one of those um surgeries and also more of those tablets but um i'll have you pregnant in three months and i still thought oh superman well he was <laughs> was the third month i was oh, wow. pregnant with felix and it was it was a lovely easy healthy pregnancy and an easy birth and perfect yes healthy baby and that birth i feel took your life in a completely different direction it absolutely did because Be then you, you you decided you want to become a nurse a I, I, a midwife i actually um i went back to work which was corporate and and creative uh, corporate um 
and I struggled to it, it just it's like you see through the matrix I don't know Bert <laughs> often does this and I see with a lot of my friends it makes you see life differently it doesn't matter if the baby well, how the baby was born like motherhood and birth changes you just like it, it just reveals more to you of all of yourself I don't know what it is so I actually and also what happens is so much oxytocin the hormone of birth and love it's the same hormone um made me fall in love i think with my midwife very much <laughs> she's just amazing <laughs> and um i just fell in love with this whole idea of the world of birth because it's just such the most magical place it's a miracle it's a miracle like every time like i've seen a few birds now it's just like oh did that just happen you know all the like biology behind it and yeah. it's the closest i think humans will ever come to magic um <laughs> in this but, life yeah. yes the interesting thing is when i was at varsity we did developmental psychology and you start from, oh, there's even psychological theories that start from you are a product of the concept your parents had when you were conceived of why they want a child. That That's how, sure. how your, your development starts. Yes. So we started there. Wow. And we did the development of the human being right through until death. And um, I remember knowing that I never want children. That was very, very early in my life. Yeah. But thinking to myself, but this is a freaking miracle. It's virtually impossible for normal babies to be born. Because if you look at everything that can go wrong, yeah, and, the window and period don't. of that actually of the egg and the the the, the semen like meeting up or the yeah the yeah. blah blah blah. It's just like that window period is so slim, and yet like we have gazillions of people on this planet. And each one, I believe, now is a miracle. It wow. really is a miracle. It, it's completely insane, actually. So, yeah, so then I wanted to be a midwife in South Africa. You have to study um, uh, general nursing, um, and then after that, you can practice as a midwife. Um, and then, obviously, you're a registered nurse and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So you, And then you can be a private midwife, with, and then you can do home births, um, or you can have privileges to, to work as a private midwife at certain private hospitals. Um, if you want to do that, there's also a back road to do it. You can do a midwifery um, course through, I think it's the North American Association of Midwives, where you do kind of like long distance and some practical, but then you can never register as a nurse in South Africa, but as there's a loophole, you can be a traditional healer. Okay. So you register as a traditional healer then, but then you are not privileged to work in hospital. You can only do home births. Okay. So there's always that way, but so I did one year of, of general nursing to on this like dream to become a midwife and halfway through, um, because you do practical and theory and so we worked in hospital and um, working in the hospital just really, I almost had a nervous breakdown. I think ruined it for you. I think if I carried on, I would have maybe had to go see some people and get some medicine <laughs> myself because that was just horrible. The lack of compassion of other nurses, the system, the I just realized there that I did not really like Western medicine and the I, I'm sure some versions I, I know that Western medicine is very useful for many things, but it's just not my favorite way of feeling most things. Because you, that's the one thing I, I I think of you when I think of you is, is you are you seem to be a really compassionate person. Mm. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> The day of the dead cat. Yes. No. <laughs> ah, I do remember the day of the dead no. cat. Can you remember if the day of the dead cat 
and the day of the of the missing cocks. Was that the same day? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've not thought of this in a long time. Um that what I think it might have been I the, think same it was the same day. day. It was just yeah. a really weird day of yeah. There's a bit of a voodoo thing going on, cats and cocks. Uh, that's a so, bit of like... <laughs> so do the listener. So, so Kirsty and I are living in a flat in gardens. Oh, oh my. And Luzanne drives from... That's not the same weekend that, that, that you had the accident on the way there. Surely not. That uh, would have been just I, No, I don't think it was the same time. Okay, thank God for that. I hope so. Not. Anyway, so we spend a lovely evening caring and the next morning we wake up and Kirsty needs to go to work. But somehow, we look out the window and realize that we had, we had wooden, there must be another word for them, cocks, in the garden. Yes. One huge one and one mid-sized one. And yeah. we realized, but the big cock is gone. Yeah. So, so it's a big, a big kind of trauma. <laughs> so how the hell did somebody get into our garden and, and steal this bloody thing? But anyway, it, it, it was these it was, Kirsty gets ready for work and... Luzana and I stand outside to, 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 to say goodbye to her as she reverses out the driveway. And as she reverses, there's a cat lying underneath her car. Oh, yes. And away she goes, and we go to the cat, and the cat is dead. Yes. So, it was dead for a so, while, I think. There was well, it was stiff. There was rigor mortis yeah. set in already. Yeah. Yeah, a few hours. So anyway, so the question arises, is there a connection between the, the missing Foul <laughs> and mm. the dead cat. It, it felt like it. it felt like it. It, it was oh, such a weird feet. feeling because we were already kind of disturbed that somebody got into our. <laughs> our Maybe our, the cat saw who done it and then was hit over the head with a big cock and then died in the driveway. So anyway, yeah. So I had to pick up this this thing and oh. I was missioning around. So what do we what do we do with the body now? And I came back. You you'd taken tea tree oil and you put it on the on the bag. <laughs> for, I don't for, even remember I remember that. that so well and I thought, God, this chick is weird. <laughs> but there's an amazing compassion that you had for this dead cat. It was so weird. That is interesting. So that for me is, is an outstanding event in our lives where, where, where the idea that I got from you was you weird number one, but then I knew already, but I like weird people, that's why I liked you. Hmm. But that there's, a, there's a significant sense of compassion, but also a sense of not garden variety. The idea that I'm getting now is you are now doing the midwivery thing. I have decided to change to being a doula. And so being a doula is where you support the birthing mother physically, emotionally, spiritually also if she wants um but not the medical side at all okay so it's not a medical course and um it's it's obviously then much shorter process to become a doula and i think i've realized that i am um, in this whole process i was not supposed to be a midwife i don't think my brain I, I, my my space between my heart and my brain i think um becomes too clouded in, in a big moment and I think being a midwife you have to think clearly because it's the mother's life and the baby's life that are in your hands and I think I get my the, well that space gets blurred but I also think my heart and my brain kind of like it fuses I don't know how to put it so that I can't necessarily have that clarity of mind like mm. that logical thinking in a moment where something might 
go south, yeah. if I can say. So I, I'm very happy to now be a student doula and to not pursue for now. I don't think I would do that in the near future, if ever. Like, so I would be rather be on the on that side of birth and just where I know my total focus is with the mother, that I can stand with her and talk to her while the baby's being born and almost be the, yeah, the, the not the translator, but you are, yeah, you're a lot of things. You're the mediator, the translator, the kind of between the medical world and the and the parents or the, the birthing couple or the or the just the birthing mother because sometimes there's not a partner. How did the birth of your children influence your sense of spirit? If at all. It definitely does. Um, definitely. I think it puts a lot of things into perspective because birth you that line between birth and death is such a like a thin line and you don't you don't feel it when you're not there so most of our lives we spend not close to that line except if we get very ill or if somebody you know gets very ill but i think birth is the closest that you get to death in a healthy situation i don't know how to put it so it's kind of and also because birth is to me such a mystical magical experience and as i believe um when a mother gives birth, you you open like spiritually, like as your body opens to birth the baby, your spirit also opens. So okay. you're very permeable. And so obviously a lot of stuff comes in and out. There's a lot of energy. There's you you open to the universe in such a way that you can't you can't leave birth untouched. So okay, it definitely yeah. and and going through it twice, yes, it's and you can't always put your finger on it like just after the birth because it's obviously a, it's also a very physical experience so you would mostly feel the physical effects immediately but but in days and months and years after there's a lot of other stuff that you kind of remember or see or and also in being pregnant there's a lot of like i think spirituality in being pregnant like the connection between the mother and the baby like meeting that little child even before it's born it's mm. a very interesting process if you if you want to be connected to that child if you kind of tune into that child it's amazing what is revealed also and being a studying to become a doula yes you said part of that is to support the mother spiritually yes holding the space for her so so obviously um you will work with many different clients and you might not have the same religion and some people prefer to have a, a doula that has the same religion yeah. if you obviously very religious then it might be important to you or maybe not but but the main the, the most important thing a doula needs to do is to allow the mother to step into her power because that's where you give birth without fear so you are actually only there to hold space and to allow her so then obviously from that like sp- spiritually you have to practice that availability of just being there for somebody which is for me a very difficult thing and that's I think maybe that's also why I'm drawn to it because I tend to be like a a talker and a fixer and a doer whereas being a doula you must just be shut up and just be so I think that's maybe also why this is such a very like a master of flame thing for me because that's where I know I need to work but I just love that space. It's interesting because I, I'm not a garden variety counsellor. I talk. 
I tell people what I think and I tell them what I think they should do. Mm-hmm. And I talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and I lost my voice this week. So, <laughs> so from Monday, I was in bed with laryngitis. Oy. And I was wondering whether it might be my higher power's way for me to say that I want you to talk less and listen more. To, to actually allow the client to be. Because mm. one of the first things I was taught is to meet the client where they are. Mm-hmm. and not force them to sometimes, be where you want them to be. But also sometimes if people are not ready to talk, then it's more comfortable <laughs> yeah. when that other person is talking. Yeah. Do you find with what you do that you use a lot of your own experience in, in guiding the people? I do find the whole world of doula so very different from anything else that I've ever done because having... Uh, to be a mother and to have given birth before makes you more understanding of the process but it doesn't I don't think it makes you a better or a worse doula Uh, I think certain people feel that a doula and I know some of the courses that you you have to already be a mother to be a doula but that then excludes um, people that don't want children uh, men for example and I I've met people that I think will make great doulas that are Male. Mm. So, and in a world that we live where things are so fluid, I think it's very blah blah. So, the point is, do I use a lot of my own experience? I think to me, this is a very new world, and and obviously you draw from what you have. I mean, I must take from somewhere. So yes, but I think it's a very subconscious drawing of like stuff. You kind of like it's like. It's like sitting on the beach, I think, if I have to, like, have an analogy and just grabbing in that moment, like, thinking, okay, I'm going to now need a big rock and a blue piece of glass and a piece of seaweed. This is what she needs now. Like, you just kind of, like, subconsciously grab what you... It's a it's a permanent also reassessing because the different stages of birth, mothers need different things. Okay. Like, initially, she might need to be distracted when the labor like pains are not so bad yet to just kind of get through that phase so you might still be choky and chatty and you take the lead from the mom you'll see when she goes like more and into herself like introverted and like into a quiet space and so you kind of like follow a lead so then it gets difficult especially when when you sometimes get to a place in a birth where you can kind of see it stalling and often as I've learned and read in books, it's often a, a like a mental block, um, something that happened in her life, something that she's afraid of, that kind of like stalls her whole birth. And then you kind of really like have to scuttle like a squirrel and <laughs> just kind of go like, how do I shift this? And that's where it's difficult. I find that to be very challenging. And that's where I'm like, okay, hopefully with experience, more doula experience, I will get better with that. Do I hear correctly? It's a very intuitive thing. Yes, I think so. You get it's like with anything else. You get it's like different kind of um, coaches and 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 counselors and therapists. Like people have different styles of doing things. I know lots of doulas are very. They've got a lot of like practical skills. You know, like do their names and in their bags. So they'll be they'll be amazing at like um, shiatsu or, or um, massages or reflex. You know, so that when all of those mm. things definitely help. Okay. Um, those things help, but it's not like the, you also need you also need to be able to like tap into that which cannot be seen. Yeah. Yes, and also kind of read 
what is needed because some moms do not want you to touch them in birth at all. Is it? If some women go so primal that they will scream and yell at you and if you, they're quiet and they're birthing happily and if you try to interfere, it's like just yeah, just leave mm. mother. So you have to kind of like yeah, read the room. <laughs> That's interesting because what I find for myself is that I sit and I listen to a client and I get words that pop into my head. Mm. That's intuition also. And exactly. Mm. And and my gut feel is I have to go with that word. With how obscure it sounds to me. And, and a lot of times I say to the client kind of, my head is telling me this. Yeah. I don't know how it, how does, how does this relate to you? Yes, 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 yes. And invariably it does. Wow. So, and for me, I cannot be intuitive. I cannot work on a gut feel if I'm not somehow spiritually grounded or, yeah. or, or connected. Yeah. Do you get the same type of feeling? That yes. And that's why it's, um, it's not, it's, you can't do, you can't have 10 clients a month when you're a doula because of the fact that you invest like emotionally and, and like, like all, all of you, like yeah. that really takes physically. I mean, I was remember being stiff for two days after a very long birth of just rubbing the mom's back for, I'm not lying to you, 12 hours oh with every contraction. And so physically, spiritually, like all of that, you do, you do get depleted. So you have to be so, so there in the mm. moment. And that's where you have to, practice because I remember one of the first births that I attended and it was a really long difficult birth and it was not going according to the plan of the parents and it was very difficult to observe and kind of like no you can you you see the midwife you see you kind of see what's happening and you know where it's going and you kind of feel and you but you can't be there yet you have to be in the moment Mm -hmm. and you can't jump so mentally you know but then you can't have it translate into into your energy because a nervousness in the birth room and an anxiety, and that's also a big challenge for me because I'm a very like almost anxious person. Um, I think once again that's why. It, and I remember sitting in that birth room a few times actually, removing myself just a few steps away and just literally like doing breathing exercises by myself just pull like yourself towards pull, yourself. exactly Gathering going yourself, to yeah. as my doula teacher calls it the 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 point of stillness i think she calls mm. it and and that's where you need to be because yeah. if you are not there you are not serving the mother wow. and then you must actually leave so it's that's that's yes so you must be the the eye of the storm that's what you need to be yeah. And that's, that's so as the storm breaks around you, you need to make make sure that you are quiet and centered and yes. okay. That's if I think about my understanding, my concept of spirituality, that sounds like an amazingly spiritual space that you're in. Yes, that I'm that's where I'm. So, what do, you, what do you do to end off with to keep yourself spiritually fit? Which is the one of my favorite words in life at the moment. Well, that is where I am so lacking at the moment, and that's <laughs> where I get so like, uh, like I want to, I want to spend more time to get spiritually fit because at this stage, like I, I, oh, you know, this whole like live in the moment, be mindful, don't be there, be uh, like you know, like I, it's all the right things, but there's that limitation of your actual physical being 
and where people say like when you wash the dishes just feel the water and you know I'm just I can't care for that water right now <laughs> I'm so tired half of the time from waking up so many times in the night and it's this is just a very being a, a, a mother of small children is a very physical thing mm. There's many other things also, but it's very physical. And my physical body is tired. And that's one thing that I've realized this past year. When your physical body is tired, it really, you struggle to get those other things in sync. It's like you have to, it's that, that, that what is it, Maslow's thingy, Majiggy? Mm, like yeah. if you do not sleep and eat like those <laughs> basic things, then your body falls apart. And because I did not grow up, in the Himalayas chanting and meditating <laughs> and being a Buddhist as much yeah. as I wish that I can have that amazing like um, you know just being there in the moment like I am very much human very much human at the moment and I struggle to get to my fitness of my spirit so that's why I love doing births and I think um, but there's also what what I am realizing this year is you don't have to be a Buddhist under a tree. Like there are other ways to connect with all these things. So what I try to do now is when I when I speak to people, any people, my friends and 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 any random stranger that I talk to, I just try to just like not to to see people. Just like, I so like it's the that. smaller things mm. that like the things that I'd have to do in any case, like to go to the shop is just to like, if I'd see somebody just like say something or talk to them or answer them or just don't. Yeah. So that yeah. maybe is the only way that I'm managing now is to just the people that I do know and that I do interact with is to try to just be more there yeah. for them. So I'm not going to try and go out and change the world and I'm not going to try and, and be the best friend for anybody, but I, at least I'm trying to just like... Then again, can you imagine if every person in this world go out, when they're out, to be there present for other people, how different the world would be? Jeez, so you seem to be the change you want to see. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, with all of that in saying that, you know, you are still also like, this is where I try, but there are so many other ways that you fuck up. So it all <laughs> balances out. <laughs> and we end up exactly where we are. That's what they call balance. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what we strive for? I right? don't know what this balance thing is that they talk about, actually. Because if that is what, then I'm very well balanced, you know. Then at least I have the extremes of being sometimes a big asshole and then sometimes very compassionate. And then hopefully that all balances <laughs> that out. All balances whoever out. scale it is, like, I... You, you seem to have reached balance. <laughs> I just so not. I think the Buddha is jealous of you. <laughs> I think the Buddha's laughing. I loved, I loved this, loved this, loved this. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking this time. Thank you, Freddie. And um, fun, actually. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I love doing these chats. It's, I'm sure I'm, you I'm, do. I'm, I'm so I'm so happy that I got introduced to this. But um, have a wonderful rest of your day and enjoy your Saturday evening. You too. And I shall let you know when we go live. Oh, awesome! Sure. Cool. I enjoyed my chat with Luzon thoroughly. She stays one of my favourite people. I always enjoy spending time with her, even when there are, <laughs> even when there are no dead cats around. I was frankly a bit shocked to hear her saying that she feels that she does not always have her shit as together as it seems. My feeling is that she exudes quiet confidence and a calm nature makes her easily approachable. I think she will be an excellent doula. If I could have had children, I would have wanted her by my side.
If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field, or Freddy Counselor, or Freddy van Rensburg, or on Twitter at, at Rensburg Freddy, or on Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. If you feel you have a spiritual journey to share with us, please contact me. I am currently working on a new idea and I'm looking for somebody who has taken the Hajj or any other significant physical spiritual journey to come and talk to us. If you have done something like and are willing to share your experience with us, I shall greatly appreciate that. I want to thank Luzanne for her time and for sharing her view with Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.